0: heart is full right now. I, I am so happy because I really did not know how many people would show up. I, at a certain point, I was like, okay, so if it's just us, pastoral staff, it'll be okay, you know? <laughs> um, I, I am so excited all of you guys came tonight. Uh, do you know why we're here? Anyone? We're here to pray. We wanted to start this year, two thousand twenty with all of us gathering together to pray because uh, we, we have a very clear, we have several goals, but we have very one clear goal for our church, and that is spiritual growth. Individually, each and every one of us, what we want to experience in this church is that we grow spiritually, right? So we wanted to launch of 2020 with With prayer. Um, Does anyone know the theme of this week of prayer is? Anyone? It's prayer. Okay. Okay. I I mean, you know, I don't want to miscommunicate, okay? I just want to make sure and make it clear that we're here to pray. We're about prayer. And through prayer, we're about spiritual growth. Amen? Okay. So what happens every evening is we're going to do praise, and then we're going to have every day we're going to have a different speaker they're going to talk about their testimony on, on their prayer life. Okay? And um, after that, we're going to give you time to scatter around in this sanctuary and pray. I, I don't know. When was the last time you sat down and prayed for 10 minutes? I don't know. But we're going to give you 10 minutes. Okay? At the end of 10 minutes, uh, we're going to turn on the light and you'll know that we're done and... We can walk out. We can talk to people after 10 minutes. But during that 10-minute period of time, you, we want you to pray. Um, something that I notice when I pray by myself is that um, when I start praying after like, I don't know, maybe for you guys, maybe you can pray for 10 minutes. For me, after like five seconds, I think about something else, right? So what I do is uh, I pray out loud. That helps. Some of you guys, I know after like seven minutes, you're going to fall asleep. We don't want that to happen, so it'll help you to pray out loud, so we're going to give you the time later. Tonight, that will be led by our speaker. Our speaker is a very special person. She, uh, I just found out that your husband is a pastor of um, the church in Los Alamitos. Yes, um, and uh, her name is Karen, Karen Martel. Okay, Karen Martel. she's the prayer coordinator of our conference. Okay, So Karen, we're going to start off. Let's give her a warm LKC welcome.:
1: Good evening. It's a thrill to thrill to see you. And when he was talking about praying for 10 minutes, I'm going to scare you with the seminar I have. And I'm not going to do it now, but I'm going to challenge you. I have a seminar on how to pray for an hour. And let me tell you, if you think you can't do it, it's amazing what God does. And I never thought I would be able to pray for 10 minutes, let alone an hour let alone sometimes an entire day. And it's, it's what God does as you begin to communicate and to, to meet up with him to um, find out what he wants f- from you. And that's really what prayers are all about. And I'm going to share a story. My husband is an interim pastor over at Los Alamitos Church. It's in Orange County. And um, it's on a golf course, or it's on an old golf course. It's a golf club. And uh, we have some amazing people in that church, some people who really believe in prayer. So the day we walked in, um, I discovered that they already had people who loved to pray. And then um, we started a prayer team And I'll tell you, we have people on our prayer team who love to pray. And the story I'm going to share with you tonight is about what happened as we began to pray for one of the the new members that came into our doors. And we've been praying that God would do amazing things there at Los Alamitos. And I'm going to tell you that one of the things that we're praying is that he will bring people in off the streets. Uh, We are right next to a racetrack, and we ask God to bring people from that racetrack. Our plans and our strategies are to prayer walk that racetrack and the new neighborhoods that they're putting in there. And I'm I'm so glad and so grateful that we have people who are willing to pray and to pray uh, the purposes of God for that church over there in Los Alamitos. I want to talk tonight about the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And that's James 5, 13 through 19. I never really understood what this meant until I began to, to look into um, to prayer life and to begin to apply some of these very basic principles to my own life. And I just want to encourage you that even the prayers of an unrighteous man as he's calling out to God in his last moments, you know, as he's drowning in the sea, such as Ron Halverson was at one time, um, God hears those prayers He hears those prayers of a man who wants to become committed to God if God will save him, who hollers out help. So uh, uh, H-E-L-P to God is a a call for help, and God will do what what he wants to do um, to help our lives. And I'm just going to, I've not worked with this computer here, but I'm going to, I'll have to turn it on. Amazing. Should be on. Yeah, because yeah. I've got my computer up here. But uh, James five thirteen through nineteen, that that series of verses is loaded with prayer principles and if you want to be praying and you want answers to your prayers just begin to apply some of the principles in this verse and I'm going to share this with you because um, the individual I'm going to talk about was a righteous man is any among you in trouble let him pray is anyone happy let him sing songs of praise praise is uh, as a tool of prayer, is anyone among you sick? Let him call on the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. Prayer for the sick is a very basic principle. And faith. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective, and I think it's important to recognize that that verse comes right after confessing your sins. And so before we begin to pray as we go into our prayer time tonight, I'm just going to ask each of you to um, think about something that might stand between you and God that might keep you from having the, the prayer of your life not answered because you're not willing to give up whatever it is that God has called you to put out of your life. And here's another principle. Elijah was a human being even as we are. And when you read that story, you wonder, don't you, when you hear, hear those words. Elijah was a human being even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens produced its crops Elijah prayed earnestly, and Ellen White says that we're to pray for the gift of earnestness in our prayers. And to pray, it's, uh, that verse in James 3 talks about praying with fervency. And then, my brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the air of their way will send, save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. So we need to be alert and aware of people who are lost and begin to pray for those lost because God will save them. He wants them more than we do. And when he puts a burden for someone on your heart, someone in your family, aunts, uncles, brothers, cousins, um, sisters, Friends, neighbors, uh, best friends, anyone that the Lord puts on your heart, even someone you may not know, let me tell you, you need to begin to pray for them. And I'm going to share just a short story um, in in this context of of praying for someone. I had a phone call. um, It was last Thursday morning about 7 o'clock. And at the phone call was, Karen, can you join me on prayer with several people from the North American division? This was Ruthie Jacobson, who um, is now retired from prayer ministry, but she was a prayer leader. And she has contact with a lot of people, a lot of people and knows a lot of people. And she had been called about a man who had been mixed up in the occult many, many years when he was a teenager and into his 20s. And then um, that man had a conversion experience, came to God. I'm just briefing this story really fast. Came to God, served in ministry for, uh, for years. And now he is very, very sick and has a, has a lot of issues. And um, we don't know what they are, but God does. And so she's calling some of the prayer leaders from across North America to begin to pray for this man in a way that uh, we have not done before. We are praying for him every single day. We've been doing it for a week now. And there's prayer teams that are praying um, at different hours during the day. So he's being prayed for day and night across North America. And um, we didn't see anything happening. But let me tell you that um, this morning when I got on the phone to pray at 8 o'clock, Ruthie shared with me that um, he is doing somewhat better. They're seeing some baby steps and improvement. So this means that you have to persevere. But I'll tell you the amazing piece to the story is that I know this man, and God had put his name on my heart for the last month. I have been praying for that man. Not every day, but I've been praying for him as the Lord brought him to my memory. Which is really um, an amazing thing. But God will do that for you. If there is someone that He wants you to be in touch with, someone that He wants you to be praying for, He's going to put that man's name, that woman's name, on your heart. And when it comes, and you'll say, I'm thinking of this person so much, I'm wondering what God wants to tell me through this experience. And then you go to your knees and you say, Lord, how do I pray? And so we've been asking the Lord how to pray for this gentleman, and today we started to see some baby steps forward. I'm telling you, it's amazing, and if if you could listen to those phone calls and hear those earnest prayers, your heart would break. And it gives me chicken skin to understand that God is at work in a mighty way in this man's life, and that he is going to answer this prayer because he loves him more than we do. And sometimes we have to ask the Lord what it is he wants us to do to be a part of that answer. And as you begin to pray this week for people, for circumstances in your work situations, for circumstances at home, for circumstances in your neighborhood, and I'll even say for circumstances in, uh, in the government, you know, the government of Loma Linda, the government of your church, the politics of our church, the politics of our nation. I'm going to tell you this morning, Barry Black was on the phone. You know who Barry Black is? He's the chaplain to the Senate of the United States of America. He's present every single day. You know what he said? This morning he said uh, that being in all that chaos and all that turmoil in the Senate building is, uh, is just beyond comprehension. And he said only through the strength of God can he sus- be sustained. He said that he has 1,000 personal, personal intercessors. And let me tell you that if you're, you're genuine about being an intercessor, you need to have personal intercessors, people that will pray for you. And let me tell you, I have people that will pray for me. They call me up and they say, Karen, the Lord told me today to call you up and pray for you. What's wrong? One time someone called me up and they said, um, I, I just feel in my spirit that you're sick. And I said, I am sick. How did you know that? And the Lord told her and impressed it on her mind, and she prayed for my health. But I'm going to tell you, it's an amazing thing when you partner with God to do his work, whatever capacity it's in. And when we talked to Barry Black, and he talked about the chaos there in the Senate, I want to, want to just share with you this morning that he shared with us that not only does he have a thousand personal intercessors, but he has senators that are fasting and praying for the situation in our government. And for the chaos that's there in the Senate. And so it's time to pray and it's time to fast. It's time to pray that the Lord will change us as individuals. And it's time to pray that the Lord will change our church. And that he will do amazing things so that our faith will grow strong and be deepened. And that we won't be people who say, I'll pray for you. But we will earnestly be on our knees praying in a way that we have never prayed before. And so that's what this verse talks about. My brothers and sisters, if one should wander back from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save him from death and overcome a multitude of sins. The purpose of prayer, the only reason that we really pray, is to know God. You are... Who you are is what I want, Isaiah twenty six ten, And this is uh, that verse out of the Message Bible, and I just like the way it's worded. The path of right-living people is level. That's the righteous man. The leveler evens the road for right living. We are in no hurry, God. We're content to linger in the path signposted with your decisions. Who you are and what you've done are all we'll ever want. Do you really feel that way? Do I really feel that way? Though through the night my soul longs for you, when your decisions are on public display, everyone learns how to live right. That is the prayer of a righteous man. Romans 4.3, God does not respond to what we do. We respond to what God does. Our prayers are to know God's will, to know his purpose, and to understand how he wants us to accomplish the tasks that he's giving us in this church and in our churches across Southeastern. I want to share with you the story of Raj, and I can't even really say his name. He's from India, but I think it's, it's Kangagaraj, Purpapandi, <laughs> And we just call him Raj and my husband snickering over here because there's no one in our church that can say it. Raj came to our church at Los Alameda shortly after uh, we started to pastor over there. And uh, he came and he started sharing his story with me. And as, we, um, as I began to invite people to come into the prayer room and to pray with us for the church and, and for the people there, um, Raj says, I want to come and I want to pray. But he says, I want you to pray for me. And um, that day, we sat Raj down in the circle in the prayer room, put him in the center of a circle on a chair, and then everybody surrounded Raj and put their hands on him. And we began to pray. We prayed for probably 15 or 20 minutes for Raj for many, many different things that he had requested. But Raj wanted more than anything to be God's servant. He wanted to be anointed and and just... um, just filled with a spirit to do the work that God had planned for him to do. For you see that Raj was born in a little tiny place, a village, very, very small. His parents were Hindu um, farmers. They lived in a a small room, really, a house. Their house was just a small room with a dirt floor. And they were on the lowest of the caste system. Totally disrespected and extremely poor. They didn't know where their food would even come from day to day. No running water, no toilets, and uh, they were just living in a state of poverty. And when Raj was five years old, he was the oldest of three siblings, and uh, his parents could not afford to feed him anymore. So what did his father do? He heard of a school in a faraway place, a mission school, an Adventist mission school, and they said that they would take um, kids in for boarding so raj's father walked all the way to the mission school and i can't i can't remember i'm sure raj told me but i don't remember the distance but it was a very very long journey for him to go to take that child to the mission school at age five and check him in and then to leave him they loved their son and they would not see him for 18 years They left him at that school and did not see him for that period of time. Let me tell you that the incredible missionaries who cared for Raj nurtured him with all that they had because Raj is an extremely loving and and kind and generous, and I can't even begin to list the qualifications after his name, person. His dream is for his village, and his dream is for his father. When he graduated from, from academy, uh, he went home and he got um, accepted to go to college, uh, the college there in the little state of India that um, that he was a part of. He had no money, but he did have shoes. He was the only one in his village that wore shoes. But Raj was accepted to go uh, for a college education. He got a degree in engineering, and then his grades were so good that he went back and got a master's in engineering. And then he got accepted by an IT program in India for his first job. And uh, all, of these, all of these things came as a result of much prayer. Raj says he prayed for everything. He prays always 24 hours a day. His heart is only focused on God. His eyes only see what God wants him to do. He has, he has, um, he has sacrificed so much to be a part of God's plan for his little town, his little village in India. Now let me show you this picture of Raj here. On, uh, Yeah, I'm looking at the wrong screen. On this screen here is Ra- are Raj's parents, and uh, his mother and his father. And let me tell you that his father is wearing a pair of pants. His father is wearing a pair of pants, and that's the first pair of pants he's worn in his life the first shirt he's worn, because they came with their traditional, um, their, their traditional clothes. And so he's proudly wearing those pants, and he is the man who walked Raj as a five-year-old child over to the Mission Academy. I'm sorry here. I apologize for that. That's Raj's family. His family, uh, he married his wife, Sedrin, and um, it was an arranged marriage. And they're very happy. Um, They have two children, two daughters. And uh, one of the daughters, his wife just came a few months ago, about three months ago, I think it was in October actually, um, from India. And Raj had been separated from them for two years. His wife um, was pregnant when he left. Actually, it wasn't quite two years because she was pregnant, actually, when, when he came over here. And um, one day he came into our prayer room and he says, you need to pray for me and you need to pray for my wife. He said, um, this week, this week, the Lord told me in a in dream as I was waking up, he said that I had to call her right now and I had to tell her that she needed to get to the doctor and um, check out um, what's going on with the baby because God said if she doesn't go to the doctor that she will die and the baby will die. And uh, he had been praying for his wife and for his safety. We had been praying as, a church, as church members for them. And when Raj um, told us that, of course, we went into prayer again and surrounded Raj and prayed over him for his wife and his baby. The baby came. She went to the doctor immediately. And um, the baby came, and the baby was perfectly healthy. It's a beautiful, a beautiful testimony of uh, of what God God did. And there's uh, my mind is is on two computer brains, but this is the wife and this is the the new baby, so now it's, it's the baby is. Um, is growing and, and looking very healthy, and they're all a very happy family. It's wonderful to see how people in the church are praying how they could help Raj and how they could help his community. And so now um, we're, we're looking forward and praying about the opportunity to um, go there and to start an English language school. Raj's dream is that uh, God will help them find some people that will contribute to build bathrooms, restrooms, and have running water in the village, a place where people can get clean water. I just mentioned that she was going to die if he didn't call his wife. And he had been praying for her. And what was the problem with the baby? Uh, The cord was twisted around the baby's neck. Okay, I guess he wants more detail. I went over the surfaces. (laughs) He is my helper. I keep reminding myself. (laughs) So the cord was wrapped around the baby's neck. And if the baby... I wasn't taken care of right away by a C-section. The wife would have died and the baby would have died. So um, we're just so grateful that Lord hears our prayers and answers them in every situation. And Raj was miles away. He had no way to know that God knew ahead of time what was going to be needed and that it was so important to say now, go now. And so she packed up her stuff and went to the doctor now and um, saved the life of the baby and saved her own life. God is so good. And you know, the the amazing thing is that we believe that God is good. We know that God is good. And in our hearts, we long to see him do something bigger and something better. This is a huge answer to prayer. This is a huge answer to prayer. And I know that uh, God has a plan for each person here and that he wants to do more than we can even begin to imagine or think in our own lives personally. For every issue, it's not simply conversions and, and looking for souls, but it's for those things that are troubled. The addictions, the, the sins that we're, we're falling into and we, can't, we just can't get out of. God will help us to do that. In, um, in India and around the world, there are seventy six million people who are Tamil people. Tamil people are the, the, the people that um, that Raj is a part of Tamil people and they have a specific uh, dialect in India and around the world and I want you to look and i don 't have a, a light on this pointer but but in his wife 's hand, there is a, a set of Bible study lessons from It Is Written, and one of our church members had a meeting with it, it Is Written and went and got those Bible studies, there's 24 of them there in that pile, and his wife is going to translate those into the Tamil language, that dialect, and it will be the first um, first set of lessons that's ever been translated for those people. Can you say Amen. Because Raj's purpose, he says the only thing that God wants me to do is to take this message back. And I'm going to share another really exciting piece of this story, as Raj has been praying for his parents. He sends money back to the village, gives it to his father, and then he asks his father to take that money to the school where he grew up. And he says, "Give it to the headmaster." And his reason for doing that is that if he got acquainted with a headmaster, he would become acquainted with what Adventists believe in their conversations and their talks. And so this has happened. And, and now his father wants uh, now his father wants to have um, Bible studies when he goes back, and, and Raj is going to take those Bible studies, but next week we're planning a baptism at our Los Alamitos Church for the father and the mother. It's going to be huge. We already dedicated the baby and, the, and his um, older daughter, who's six, and uh, they're going to just be a united family in the truth. But I need to tell you that that family is going to really need some powerful prayers. They need our prayers because he was the chief in the village, firewalker, and he can stay in the fires longer than any other person. They were devil worshippers, um, Hindus, and. Um, his father would go for every feast and, and every, um, every sacrifice. His father would dance on hot coals in front of that, uh, that temple. And now he's not going to be doing it. So what do you think is going to happen? There's going to be some really, really strong spiritual warfare there in that village. And uh, I, don't, I don't think that his family has a clue what the enemy is going to come in and try to do. But he's going to turn everyone against him. So they need our prayers. And in your, in the day, if the Lord brings this family to mind, um, just lift them up in prayer. They're leaving in two weeks to go back to India, the father and the mother. And uh, we know that they're going to have a real challenge. But our God is good, and he is greater than, than he who is in us. And uh, our God can do anything, you know. That's what... Uh, The Bible says that there's nothing too hard for God, and with him all things are possible. And he takes people as simple as these people and turns life into something that's amazing and and relevant. And I think his father was even really late to learn to to read anything. So um, they are really newbies as far as being missionaries, but they came to America and they're going back missionaries, missionaries to India. So we need to, need to pray for them. But God has done amazing things in Raj's life. He got him an education. He got him love and nurture as he was growing up. They taught him about God. He became an Adventist. He got a high degree in engineering. He has a wonderful job here in America. And uh, he can't even begin to express the praise that he feels when you say something to him. He just says, I praise the Lord every day, all day. And uh, God, is, God is so good. And I want you to know that this is part of the church family that has received Raj and his family. Um, Rick and Ruth are standing there in the front. She's got the the Indian dress on, and then there's Sally, who's one of our one of our pioneers over at Los Alamitos. But these people have gathered around this little family. They pray for them every day. They have given of themselves. They have helped them establish a home. And uh, this is exactly what God wants us to do when we go out into our neighborhoods even and bring people in. We need to surround them with the church and with love and to continue to pray for them because uh, their journey is only really just beginning as these parents go back to India. That Raj's dream, that burden that that God has put on Raj's heart will be accomplished in his village. My guess is his prayer is not limited to one or two people, but it's it's, uh, for the entire village to experience the conversion. And um, he's going to make it happen. Your prayers make a difference. I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all of the time, waking and sleeping. It doesn't change God, but it changes me. C.S. Lewis said that. And then the other statement that I love is, Prayer is the measurable, dynamic act that determines a Christian's spiritual state. And as you go on through this week, praying every night, I'll for whatever burdens the Lord puts on your hearts, Expect an answer and know that um, your spiritual state is determined by prayer. The more you pray, the more God can work and use you. And with no prayer, there is no work. And with no prayer, there is no worship. And even churches in our, in our conference and across North America, uh, we have churches who have no prayer and no prayer life and their state is, is just stale. Nothing's happening. If you want to see good things and great things happen here, and I'm just uh, knowing your pastors in the little bit that I've talked to them, I know that they want to see some great things happen here in this church, because you pray. Great answers. And in our church in Los Alamitos, we're putting people together, and we're praying over them earnestly and fervently. People are coming into our prayer room and asking to be prayed with uh, for many, many different reasons. And uh, we know that God is hearing and answering those prayers because we have seen what he's doing in Raj's life because we prayed for him. Not just his prayers, but because of a community of prayers. And uh, this is a house of prayer. And God wants to raise you up to be prayers in a praying church. Prayer is the measurable dynamic act that determines a Christian's spiritual state. I want you just to repeat that after me before we go into our prayer time so that you'll have some concept and and it will will, um, be remembered better by you. Prayer is the measurable measurable dynamic act act. that determines a Christian's spiritual state. our prayers really reveal what we have. And I want to encourage you one more in one more way. Your prayers make a difference. I I keep forgetting to coordinate my computers here. Go to scripture and circle the promises that God has given you to meet your need. How many of you here pray scripture? Open your bibles and just begin to pray whatever um, verses. If you're reading your Bibles, pray through those verses. I have several Bibles at home that I'm praying through, and in in my prayers through these Bibles, I am um, underlining and circling, putting people's names by promises, and asking God specifically, ask for the specific thing that you want God to do in your in your relatives, your friends, your children's lives, uh, whoever it is that you're interceding for specific be specific if it's in your job and the things that you want to accomplish at work be specific with those promises and say god you promised this is according to your will and to your way and you know god will answer answer our prayers for the empowering of the holy spirit for the gifts for the enabling of the gifts for the fruits of the spirit that we will become fruit bearers he doesn't want us to be empty leafless trees he wants us to be fruit bearers. And these are prayers that he will answer. And, uh, and then, you know, to receive Christ, prayer for transformation and change and revival. All of these are prayers that God wants to answer. And whatever you pray in his name, he will do. That's, that's a piece of that power. And, uh, you know, as we pray on, uh, online um, this last week for this individual um, praying these scriptures and these promises over and over again. And Ellen White says we're supposed to hold up our Bibles, put our fingers on the very text. I write it out, I put it in there, and uh, and that name is there. How are the faithful of God employed? Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Praying in the closet, in the family, in the congregation, everywhere, and watching thereunto with all perseverance. They feel that souls are in peril and with the earnest Humble faith, they plead the promises of God in their behalf. Five Testimonies, 190. God's promises cannot be broken. He says that my word is sure, and he will not dishonor his name by breaking his promises. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. What he said yesterday in the very beginning of Genesis is is true today as it was back then. And so anywhere we go and everywhere we are, we can just trust that God is hearing and answering our prayers, especially if we claim those scriptures. And the scriptures actually teach us how to pray in the will of God. Um, so much of the time um, I've found that. And that's, that's one way that you can stay in scripture for an hour and prayer. And I'll tell you, you'll just get carried away. You can't help yourself because the Holy Spirit moves when we do that. And the story that I shared with you about Raj... And the one about the gentleman that I know that God is beginning to answer um, are two stories that are powerful. And I, I've had over and over and over again the, the privilege to experience these kinds of answered prayers in my life, in my ministry since I've, I've been engaged in a prayer life uh, that is specific and accountable to God. The prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. God will hear your prayers as you commit to him, and as you, you go to the, the word of God and ask for that spirit-empowered prayer, those two weapons are, um, are the most powerful things on earth. The word of God and the spirit-empowered prayer will help us to overcome, will uh, enable and empower God to do more then we can begin to imagine or think. We haven't even begun to touch. I can't wrap my head around the work that God has called us to do and the ways that he's called us to do it. But Raj is teaching me a lot. And the people in my church who are crying out and asking God to change and to do things in their lives are teaching me a lot. And um, every time I, I run into somebody from the airport to my neighborhood, I am just amazed at how God wants to work. And when he puts a burden on your heart, be obedient and pray for that individual. Pray the word of God with spirit-empowered prayers. And I'm going to invite us right now to get into groups of, um, I'll say, groups of threes, twos and threes. And if there's some of you here that aren't really comfortable praying out loud, um, you can just feel comfortable saying, pass. And we'll just ask the team to take one minute to be quiet so that that person can pray silently. Because not everyone is comfortable praying out loud. But praying out loud is, um, is, is, is so good because then we're able to express better and, and hear what other people's needs are. So be willing to share um, one thing or two things. What is it that the Lord has put on your heart as you... Um, As you turn to him, I want to ask you to find a prayer partner now. We'll say two or three in a group. Um, Pray to know God first. Pray in faith, believing that God will hear and see your prayer. And let me tell you that even when you don't have quite that faith, the Holy Spirit and, and God will give you their faith. We get that. And we can give it to each other too. I prayed with people and I'll say, you don't believe, but I do. And I know that my God hears my prayer when I'm praying with a Buddhist or someone who's, who's not a, a believer in God. Claim God's word and be willing to be a part of the answer, like that picture. What is it that God wants you to do to answer that prayer? How does he want you to work with that individual or to work with uh, whatever it is that he's called you to do? And then just trust the process as... Um, as uh, my friend said, trust the process. You know, it's baby steps. We just have to trust that when we don't see the answer that we know that the answer is coming. It took Daniel 21 uh, days to get an answer when he prayed his prayer because of the enemy. Uh, these, these spiritual warfare issues that come up are issues that, uh, that we really have to know how to deal with. We have to know how to pray through, to persevere, to be earnest and fervent. And I just would encourage you all to um, turn it all over to God ask Him to show you there's no formula it just comes from the heart and the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will give you what to pray for when you don't know. I can guarantee you that so get in groups of two or three now and um, just share um, if it's one of these things up here that you want that the one of the first three that you want to have happen um, pray that and then uh, if there's something that you're really struggling with, if you're comfortable sharing it, share it. So groups of two or three. And as you get ready to go while you're getting into your groups, when you finish praying, just get up and leave the sanctuary. Is what the pastor told me he wanted you to do. So that we don't disturb anyone else who is praying. But you can pray till you finish praying, and then when you've finished, um, just, just feel free to leave.